what a conversation we have for you today. We start off by talking about something that's kind of dramatic that happened to uh, Bishop Caggiano um, recently, and then talk about World Youth Day, since His Excellency is taking a group to Lisbon for World Youth Day coming right up. Um, and his looking back on the five previous World Youth Days that he's been a part of, and then reflections from Bishop Caggiano on summer, life, being busy, and rain. It's a good conversation. Keep your radio right here on 1350 AM or 103.9 FM, or keep us on your phone with the Veritas mobile app. You can get the app at the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or VeritasCatholic.com. Let Me Be Frank is brought to you by a grant from Foundations in Faith. Foundations in Faith embraces innovative approaches to funding pastoral care programs here in the Diocese of Bridgeport. Resources focus on energizing lifelong faith formation and discipleship and fostering a commitment to justice and accompaniment with our most vulnerable. From seminarians to retired priests, from baptism to last rites, from suburbs to inner cities, the reach is broad and the impact is meaningful. For more information, you can visit them on the web at foundationsinfaith.org. Okay, here we go. This is Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. I'm Steve Lee, and it is my great pleasure, as always, to in- introduce Bishop Frank Caggiano. Steve, it's another eventful week, huh? <laughs> uh, Things going on, it, unbelievable. Tell tell us. Tell well, us. well, we chatted it before we started the recording, but um, my experience this year has been, we talked about Joe being a historic person. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I, I think I'm, I'm reliving some of his life because uh, um, in addition to that whole emergency room nonsense that happened, um, my car was robbed. But not the car itself. Everything in the car was robbed. Now, you may say, what could you possibly have in your car? Well, maybe my own foolishness, but um, all the things I carry with me when I celebrate Mass, I've always kept in my car. And this is 17 years that I've never had a problem. Mm. And um, being in Brooklyn, it seems that um, a person decided to take upon themselves to take everything that was in my car that even had remotely any sense of value. Now, from the, you know, the, the mundane side is when you visit New York, you need quarters for meters. They took all the quarters. It's no big deal. They mm-hmm. did take the rosary beads I had, which were my mother's. Oh. I bought them in Fatima for my mother, which oh. were lapis lazuli. They were beautiful. Anyway, but the worst was they took all my Episcopal insignia. So the car was parked in front of the family house and we have security, right? So we could see mm-hmm. it was 4.11 in the morning and this young man couldn't be more than 25 was going up and down the city block trying every door handle. Wow. And, I, and I've been having problems with my alarm system and I always religiously lock my car. But the night before, I must have either not been close enough or it didn't register or whatever, but he, the car was actually unlocked. So he sat himself in, looked through everything, and then he took my crochet and he took my bag. And in my bag were three miters, a zucchetto, a cincture, white gloves for the service, 
and my pectoral cross. Oh my God. And the pectoral cross was the one my mother gave to me on the day I was ordained a bishop. Yeah. So I've worn it every single liturgical event, just about every single liturgical event since, except when I travel, I don't bring it with me to travel for safety reasons. There you go. So now some miscreant has, it's probably, first of all, I would love to have seen his face when he opened the crochet (laughs) bag and he says, what in the name of goodness is this? What am I going to do with this? Imagine that on eBay or at a porn shop. These pointy hats. Yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> yeah. Or the miters. What in the name of goodness is going to do with that? And I could see it perfectly. Open the, the 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 hatch, took them, and just ran close the hatch and ran, not wow. looking at them, not getting a because obviously he would be caught. Right. Strange. Uh, right. So uh, yeah, I mean, besides the. You talked about going to Rome and buying miters mm-hmm. before and what a process it is. And, and they're expensive. Yeah. But but the rosary and the pectoral cross. Well, that's what the, that's the, I mean, even the crozier. I mean, this is my third crozier in 17 years, which means we're due for a new one. Actually, I have one, an, an, an alternative that I use, which was a gift to me by Father Sean Calese's father who's a carpenter. Ah. He does carpentry. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. So I have another crochet to use. And I'm grateful for that now. Um, but yeah. yeah, I guess we'll pick up a new one. It's like every five or six years. But it's just, um, well, first of all, for myself personally, not to have double checked was foolish. But I still live into, it's funny. As you grow older, right, you kind of see things obviously in a different way. But when I come to visit the family house, visit with my relatives, I still come back to a Brooklyn that no longer exists. Mm. Because when I was a kid, there was no, I mean, there would have been no possibility of that happening. None. Yeah. And see, and I still kind of act as if it was 60 years ago when you really can't anymore. Right. That's the, right. the sad truth. Anyway. Yeah. So this is the story. So it's just, I wondered to myself, what is what is going on in that young man's mind? And there's so many others. I mean, the police came too, you know, because it's considered grand larceny. Hmm. Just to, and as we're standing there, and they're very professional. They're getting a call of a shooting on the Belt Parkway and bullet holes in somebody's windshield. And I'm thinking to myself, what have we come to? Yeah. Right. But in the end. It's a sad commentary. It's the logical consequence of a world that revolves around me. Well, if the world revolves around me, then all the laws that prevent me from having what me wants are not relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And in the end, except for faith in, in the Lord and in a God to whom we owe, we owe an explanation of our lives, what... Like, what is going to bring this back? What's going to get people off the premise that it's not about me and it's not about what I want and I don't have the license to go into people's cars? I mean, theoretically, even if the car was unlocked, you shouldn't be going into somebody else's car. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. So it's a crime of convenience. It's sad. It really is. I wonder, I pray for, I actually, I prayed for that young man. I said, I just hope and pray that he finds his way. And maybe as a vocation, who knows? In his conversion, <laughs> he could keep them. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So I'm so sorry to hear that. That it's just. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I appreciate that. But worse things can happen. My goodness, in that emergency room when I was there at Methodist, and you saw people who were really struggling and suffering. Those are issues. This other stuff, I suppose, is as you know, as sad as it is. Um, material things can be replaced. It's human life that's precious, yeah. and that's that's our greatest treasure, is it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about happy things. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's. Okay. So, by the time this is aired, we will be on the cusp of traveling to World Youth Day, and you have never been to World Youth World Youth Day, have you? I've been to one World Youth Day, nineteen ninety seven, in Paris. Oh, you went to Paris. So tell me, what, you, yes. what was your impression, your experience? That was so. What we did was. Um, I was working for a youth uh, missionary organization. So we took 200 young people to London and Paris. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it was great. They were from all over the country. We did a week long door to door mission Mm -hmm. in London, headquartered in four different parishes. They, those pastors had um, 50 young adults going through their neighborhoods, door to door, knocking on people's doors and inviting them back to church. Really? And then, yeah, it was. It was that was. What was the reaction? Uh, on, what were those? What was the reaction you got? It was mixed. So there were are plenty of um, doors slammed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, overwhelm. There were a lot of people who they open the door and they and we say we're Catholic youth missionaries. We're here, you know, on behalf of St. Bede's Parish or whatever. And people would be like, hold on. You're Catholic? Yes. What are you doing? Well, you know, we just want to let you know that the, the parish is here and we're going around asking if you have anything that you'd like us to pray for. And then we're having this event at the end of the week that we'd like to invite you to at the parish. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was great. I mean, uh, some of the stories from the missionaries are just really, you know, moving and sometimes in some cases incredible mm-hmm. um and uh and but besides the people that we went to visit mm-hmm. like the the um the re the strengthening of the faith in the missionaries themselves by going out and by sharing that was i mean i just imagine how you know the 72 disciples right. went out and came back right. and they're like oh jesus right. look at this happened right. and this you know right. so it was awesome and then world youth day was Amazing. Yeah. So that was what year? Do you do you remember what year that was? Because that was yes, it was nineteen ninety seven. Oh, so it was before even the Great Jubilee of two thousand. Yes. So oh, that's why because I started in twenty oh eight. So that was almost ten years later. Wow. You know that methodology is what the neocatechumenal way does. The neocatechumenal way, which you know, we should talk about in some depth because they are present in our diocese and they're doing tremendous work. They're badly misunderstood by many and they're unfairly characterized by some, but but the neocatechumenal way is a post-baptismal instruction. A catechumenate, once you are already instituted and, and initiated in the church. And part of what they do is door-to-door missionary work. It's exactly what you described is what they do. And they do it on a regular basis. And they invite people to come. And they have the community gatherings where they can come. 
And the, the results are just like you said, lots of doors closed on your face, other doors, some curiosity, some are invited in into yeah. their homes to talk. Yeah. And the overwhelming sense is that a lot of people are isolated and a lot of people misunderstand who the church is and a lot of people are, are wounded and they have no one yeah. to talk about. Right? Yeah. yeah, so you're actually doing the same thing. Wow. Wow. Have you ever had that group come together, I wonder? Now, how many years is that? Is that 25 years? 26 years? Yes. Is it 26 or 36? Yeah. No, no, it's uh, 26. Yeah. Have you ever come together again? No. It, so it was with an organization that, that put together youth missionary uh, uh Oh, got programs. it. Got it. I'd so. be curious to see what those lives are like. But anyway... All right, so you had a really a powerful experience. Good for you. <clears throat> so as I mentioned in the last podcast, so this um, catechesis, this event in Lisbon is my sixth. And I was catechist for all the six that I've gone to. And kind of like a half joke, but I'm not half joking. I think this is probably be the last World Youth Day I go to, at least as a catechist. I mean, I may, I may continue to go because I do enjoy it. I, be, I, I enjoy spending time with young people. And the truth is, when you're a catechist, you actually don't spend as much time with young people. Right. And I've always wondered to myself, you go to a catechesis, a bishop gives it, and you may have, you being a young person, may have questions, may have concerns, right? But who do you speak to? I guess the leaders but if the bishop were actually sitting with the people, it, it's like where the catechesis gets digested. It's like you eat the, the meal. Now you got to digest the meal. Right. And so, so this is it for me. But from what I understand, the methodology is very different. They're, they're, they're using a very different methodology. So I am, I'm not exactly sure how to prepare for it, to be honest. Because a good part of the session is to listen to young people's concerns and then synthesize something on the spot. Well, how do you synthesize mm -hmm. something if you haven't listened to their concerns? And then once you have synthesized it, how do you make it coherent, like on the spot? Right. Yeah, so I'm not... I, I'm still debating in my mind how this is going to work and make it fruitful, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What were the sessions like for the previous five? Where you well, they were very. They were all the same. So mm -hmm. the young people would gather. They'd be welcomed. They'd have like icebreakers, get all the energy out of them, pray, talk, questions, um, a few minutes break, celebration of mass. That was the, the structure for the five. This is still similar to come in, settle down, uh, prayer, worship and praise. But now there is this session that they call like interactive. They want the youth to be protagonists is what they said, not just receptive. Mm. So I have to read all the material again a second time to see maybe there are, there is, I, I mean, I have to prepare something. You can't just walk in. I mean, the theme is Mary arose and went in haste. Uh -huh. Mary arose and went in haste. So it is uh, the visitation, if I'm not mistaken. And 
what what's the response? The fact that Mary's image, obviously, I mean, uh, it, there's an intuition there. The intuition that we've always spoken about. And of course, Pope Francis himself picks the topic. And I'm sure, obviously, he is intending this, aware of this. But for our listeners who may miss it, in times of great turmoil and difficulty, since the patristic era in the church, Mary has always been the focal point where the church regains clarity and direction because she is the mirror to her son. Right? She's the reflection of her son. So when the son is inaccessible for whatever reason, Our Lady steps forward and makes the bridge. So the fact that Mary is being emphasized in this World Youth Day to me, is an indication that there is a desire to refocus young people and young adults back to Our Lady and to model their life after Our Lady because it leads you directly to Our Lord. And it could very well be Our Lady could be a unifying factor among the many young people who are there. Mm. Right? Yes. So, but then when in haste is the whole idea of mission, right? She went in mission. And if Our Lady went in haste, um, the truth is that she put the needs of others, in this case, Elizabeth, over her. Mm-hmm. And that is the heart of Christian mission. But you can't do that unless you're a disciple. So, Mary's the perfect disciple executing perfect mission. We're to model ourselves after Mary, right? By the same attributes and focusing our life on the Lord Jesus. And by doing that, we go into mission in an authentic way. Now, most of the young people who are going to be attending there have done a lot of service, right? Like you have done. Sure. Yes. But that service is not good enough if it's not mission. We've talked about that. And we are going to yes. resurrect the Catholic Service Corps precisely with this theme. So it, it, part of what I hope to, 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 to uh, actually I'm doing my planning for World Youth Day live here on the podcast, it's tremendous. Uh, <laughs> part of what I would think I would want to convey in some way, uh, providing what, the, what's, what I listen to the feedback of the young people is, discipleship in the image of Our Lady, and what's mission look like once you have found Jesus, Hmm. right? Those would be the two takeaways. I have two sessions, not three. In the old days, there would be three. Now there's only two. So to be able to, um, which is fine, because then the third, I could go with my group to reconciliation and celebration of Mass and all the rest. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, so were you, I guess in past world youth days, were you given topics? Yes. Oh yes. Yes. In fact, I did a little bit of homework in preparation. Could you imagine for our podcast? So (laughs) I, I listed out here, let's see in, in world youth day in Sydney in 2008, the theme was 
Acts 1.8, you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit upon you and you will be my witnesses. So again, it was pneumatological. And that, um, so, and I distinctly remember talking about the Holy Spirit, the powers of the gifts and the, the, the Holy Spirit and all the rest. I, I told this story once before about Sydney. It's worth telling again. Sydney is the most secularized city in what's considered the developed world. Mm-hmm. Although now Maine may actually be. Because at the time then, which was 2008, the majority of Australians did not believe in a personal God who lived in Sydney. Now it could mm-hmm. be even worse than that. Who knows? That's how many years ago? That's 50, how many years? Yeah. 15 years ago? Y- yes. Yeah. Um, and yet the presence of World Youth Day reduced crime to zero in Sydney. Wow. Uh, do you remember this? Did I tell you the story about the cab driver? I, I don't remember. Yeah. Excellency. All right, so I'll tell you it again. For those who are listening, who have heard it before, you could say a decade of the rosary if we're doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it was Bishop DeMarcio, Bishop Cisneros, and myself in a cab going back to the, hotel, uh, to the airport, leaving World Youth Day. And the cab driver was going on and on about you guys, you guys. Where are you guys? <laughs> and he said that he had read in the newspaper that for the first time in recorded history of Sydney, there was not a single reported crime during the days of World Youth Day. And I thought in the most secularized, atheistic, or at least agnostic city at the time, you want to clear a symbol that, listen, something these people are doing, so you guys are doing something right. Wouldn't you think? <laughs> right. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's amazing. So then, yeah. So that that set my trajectory of my entire Episcopal ministry, for which I'll always be grateful to Bishop DeMarcio insisting that I go, because that opened my world up to youth ministry in a new way, young adult ministry, and began just uh, it just blew up all these years blew up in the sense of just expanding and and it what a, what a blessing for me but then three years later was madrid and the topic was mm. colossians 2 7 and it said rooted and built up in jesus christ to be firm in faith and this was pope benedict's last world youth day right and it was coming out of this world youth day that he came to the conclusion he could not continue to do these travels. Mm-hmm. It was part of the reason why he ultimately retired. And as I've said, I love this story. I just love this story. Archbishop Ganshwin, who was his personal secretary, yes. there was a glimpse at World Youth Day of the deep affection he had for Pope Benedict. You could clearly see it was a father-son relationship. Because when that storm arose, you've seen, I'm sure, the video, out of the blue, and the way he covered him and almost shielded him from the rain was just something so beautiful. Of course, when the, yeah. when the, when the cross fell over and hit the the French bishop behind me, that was another distraction. That's all in the story. But <laughs> the poor man with the Band-Aid, yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> but it really was, um, it, it's, it was remarkable to see. It really was. 
And and I look yeah. back on that that whole experience with the hundred and four degree temperature and all, and I, I of course I was younger, and I look back fondly, but now I say to myself like, I'm not sure I would have the 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 wherewithal to do that now. You know, sit through a rainstorm, hundred and four degrees. I mean, you need a bit of stamina, and I guess I do have it if you spunk yes. it up. But it wouldn't be voluntarily spunk it up. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. You rise to the occasion. It'd, it'd be hard to sit there and still be joyful. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so then, twenty thirteen, Rio de Janeiro. We've told those mm-hmm. stories before. The theme actually is go and make disciples of all nations. Right which was chosen, I believe, before the election of Pope Francis. Okay. Because Francis was elected in March of 2013, if I'm not mistaken. And the Rio de Janeiro right. was the end of July of 2013. And I was, I was made public my appointment to Bridgeport at the end of July after World Youth Day and then installed in September. So it must have been, mm-hmm. obviously was prepared before he came. And again, it was one of my lasting memories of Rio de Janeiro, the extraordinary contrast between the rich and the poor of that city is astounding, absolutely astounding. The Copacabana, of course, where we stayed, all the rest was very affluent. And it, it, um, you could see how the high and mighty go down to, to the beach, and, but it's a little bubble. And the greatest blessing I had in that World Youth Day was to be sent out to that catechesis that I spoke about, where it was real poverty and joyful faith. You know, the contrast. Again, God, you, God put you in these positions to, learn, to teach you lessons. Anyway. Yes. So then Krakow with 2016, that theme was Blessed Are the Merciful. That was clearly Pope Francis. Yeah. Right? And that was the 260, whatever it was, pilgrims we took from the diocese and where I lost five years off my life and most of the hair on top of my head. It was, oh my gosh. Oh my God. And the hospital they were in. Oh my gosh. Oh, jeez. If that wasn't, if that, they took over an entire hostel, but it was as hot as all blazes, three or four in a room. Oh my gosh. It, wow. What an amazing, but joyful. I mean, Krakow was huge. Yeah. Well, Pope was new. I mean, yeah. it was, and of course, Poland and all that. I mean, it was just huge. Yeah. And I told the story about going to Auschwitz many times. That has always yes. had a lingering memory. The lingering memory was when you enter in, right? And then you drive through it, just the, how bleak it is. Yeah, it's just it's quite, yeah. That I will never forget. Then it was Panama City. And that was in 2019. That was right before COVID. And that was yes. different. That, of all of them, it was the smallest, population-wise. Oh. I'm not sure it reached a million people. It may have reached a million people in the closing mass, because the closing mass is also, also open to those around, you know, neighbors and friends. But it was, and, right. and you could feel the difference. Hmm. And it wasn't always a bad okay. thing, actually, because it was still big enough 
that for the young people to have the, the, the hoped for takeaway, which you're not alone, there are lots of other people right. your age who are walking in the same path, who are there to be your companions. But it wasn't just like overwhelming, like Krakow was. Mm -hmm. I think because of our group and the numbers, it was just, it was just. Uh, Sydney wasn't big either. I mean, you go to mm -hmm. Australia. But the truth is, it was my first World Youth Day. So I didn't know what to compare it to. So I thought it was gigantic right. until these other ones. And then it was like, you know, relatively smaller. <laughs> but, um, and then Panama City is a beautiful city too. It's a beautiful okay. city. Again, this contrast between the rich and the poor. Well, the truth is even in New York, this contrast between the rich and the poor. But it was, um, yes, yeah. And then, of course, now Lisbon. And yeah. Panama City, the theme was, I am the servant of the Lord. Again, it was Marion. Be it mm -hmm. done unto me according to thy word. So I, I very much admire Pope Francis's emphasis on Our Lady. And then, of course, COVID yes. wrecked everything else in between. World Youth Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know this? So I wonder. Yeah, please, Steve. No, I was just going to say, I wonder if, uh, if the numbers will bounce back strongly for Lisbon now that people are, there's kind of like a pent up energy maybe. I, that's a good question. That is a very good question. Yeah, I, or the, the economy and if inflation might tamper it. I think there's only, if I remember correctly, there's only 36 or 38,000 Americans registered to go. Um, but of course, everybody registers late. Hmm. I, I really don't know. My sense is that it will, not, it will be on the Panama City side rather than on the Krakow side for all the reasons you mentioned. Right. Yeah. Plus, remember the emphasis is people over eighteen. Right. So yes. traveling and cost and all the rest is. But I could be wrong. I, to be honest, I do not know. And I guess there we'll have some estimates. We'll be told what the estimates are. I'm not even sure how many bishops. See, this year, unfortunately, the the uh, convention of the Knights of Columbus, the Supreme Convention, is in the same time, the same days as World Youth Day. Ah, okay. So I think there will be bishops like myself who were torn. Of course, I, I'm going to World Youth Day in part because I'm a catechist and I have the group. But So I think that will also play into how many bishops come to World Youth Day. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a hard choice to make, right, in some sense. Right. Yes. So you had a question, Excellency, but I'm wondering if we can hold that to the other side of the break yes. since we ran a little long. This yes, second. of course. Okay. So this is Let Me Be Frank, and we will be right back after the break. If you're concerned about your end-of-life plans, searching for a Catholic cemetery, or have loved ones who are buried in one of the 14 Catholic cemeteries throughout Fairfield County, now might be a good time to begin planning for yourself or for other family members. Call one of our family advisors at 203-742-1450 and select option 5 to leave a message or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. Many people don't realize that they can be buried with their deceased loved ones, even if all of the family's in-ground plots have been taken. The Diocese of Bridgeport Catholic Cemeteries provides in-ground burials, as well as columbarium and mausoleum options. This makes it possible to unite your family together in the same cemetery, and it's an opportunity to build a bridge for your family back to the church. Talking about this issue is not easy, but pre-need planning makes your wishes clear, reduces cost, 
and helps your family avoid difficult decisions at a time of grief and loss. You can start your planning now by contacting one of our family advisors at 203-742-1450 and select option 5 or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. We can guide you through the options, regulations, and considerations to help you make the best decisions for your family. The number is 203-742-1450 and select option 5 or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. Okay, welcome back to Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. So, Excellency, you, you were uh, going to make an uh, observation? Yeah, or, or it's, so uh, the World, World Youth Day was instituted by uh, Pope St. John Paul II. It was announced in 85. The first was in 86. And it was in Buenos, wow. Buenos Aires, right, in Argentina. But, wow. but World Youth Day is supposed to be every year. Every third year internationally, but every year either nationally or locally. So Rome celebrates World Youth Day and has for many, many years on Palm Sunday. Oh, wow. The triumphant entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem to open Holy Week. Mm -hmm. um, we were supposed to do the same, but most bishops, at least maybe I'm doing public confession, Palm Sunday is not necessarily the best day to do it given right. parishes and just everything going on. So we have moved it in the United States, and I don't actually recollect to where we moved it, but we as a diocese are going to resurrect it as part of the oh, one. Oh, good. Okay. So we will have an annual, if I may call it diocesan youth day, that will build on the legacy of Fan the Fire, that we used to have in Newtown, right, at St. Rose. Yes. But to make yes. it actually similar to what we have internationally, kind of the same structure. So people arrive, catechetic session, right, prayer, lunch, activities, uh, vigil, mass kind of thing, same sort of structure. Wouldn't that be neat? Cool. Yeah, and with a theme, Yeah, I with a theme. Cool, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So more to come about this, more to come. So now, my friend, what do you want to talk about? Well, so I do have one more question about World Youth Day before we move on. Yes. Because you've been to six or you've been to five and this is going to be your sixth. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed any difference in not just not the size of the crowds, but the in the youth? Have have they changed over these you know, these years that you've been going to World Youth Days, or is it, or or maybe the answer is no, because these are like faithful, on fire, young Catholics. But I just wonder, you know, if the times change the years. What a great question. And I, I would really need to give a thought because part of me would want to instinctively say yes, in, in part because... Uh, my experience is that there is not as um, there's not as much of a unifying reality as there used to be. Like in other words, mm. lots of young people come; they're enthusiastic, they're faithful, but but they also kind of like now are more like tribes gathering for a, a general gathering. 
hmm. see at the beginning i know and maybe maybe i'm just attuned to it differently i, I like the whole idea of groups getting to know each other and intermingling with people and all the rest that is i don't sense as much of that but see okay. some of that happened also because we're talking about younger people when you're older it, you're not so much going to do that yeah and also the the numbers are not as large in the last couple, mm-hmm. I think partially, as I said, for location, at least Panama City wasn't large. Krakow was huge. So there's a different energy. I guess that's really what I'm saying. The larger the crowd, the yeah. energy shifts. So huh, our pilgrims, if you ask me about our pilgrims, I don't really sense much of a difference Yeah. in the, in the groups that we have taken. Mm-mm. Yeah. So one of my strongest memories of 1997 in Paris at World Youth Day, besides seeing John Paul II... Um, was just the the joy, the jubilance in the whole city. I mean, walking shoulder to shoulder, you know, jam-packed in the streets or like going down into the metro mm-hmm. s- stations. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can you, – you're moving an inch at a time because it's so crowded. But everyone is <laughs> singing and like people are holding up their nation their, – their flags and then you would hear like – the group, you know, with the Spanish flag, for example, start singing like a classical song, but like La La La. And then the whole metro station is singing it. Doesn't matter what language you speak because it's just La 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 and everybody knows, right. you know, whatever right. classical song that right. is. That was, that was awesome. I will, and we, and we, we wanted to, I was 20 four at the time we wanted to meet people from other countries right. and we were talking and right. yeah oh gosh right. yeah it, it yeah it's interesting part of the the great effect of world youth day is to 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 lay seeds of evangelization in the host city right mm, not just for yes. the participants so they are yes. themselves receiving but they are also supposed to be um evangelists to the larger context. That's why I think, you know, please God, if it's ever possible to come to the metropolitan area of New York would be tremendous because this, the city and the larger environs of which Fairfield County is one desperately needs uh, yes. a, a spiritual shot in the arm for evangelization and conversion. And some, and, yes. and the most effective is always one-on-one in the trenches but every once in a while to do something on a huge scale is is also a very good idea. Yeah. Right? It's a very yeah. good idea. Yeah, so I think this, so there's much to be said about that. But anyway, um, so you have, you have heard me say summer is the time to kind of take a step back, spend some time reflecting. And the fact that I'm painting some rooms here in the family house gives me even more time to reflect. And one of the things that I, that, that have been flooding my mind that I'm not sure why are the memories of living in Rome and the time I spent there and how it was in many ways, the seeds of my life now in anticipation. This is interesting. Now you may say, but what do you mean? All right, so I live a fairly simple life. It's a busy life, but it's a simple life. 
And when I lived in Rome as a student priest, my, my routine was basically the same. And it was very simple. So I basically said my prayers, celebrated mass, fulfilled whatever obligations I had to the Casa Santa Maria. And then I basically did my research. And then in the evening, I would go out with friends, you know, to enjoy Rome, whatever, or have dinner, cena, whatever it may be. And many of my co-patriots there traveled a tremendous amount. You know, some went to as many as 25 European countries by the time wow. they finished their time, especially if they were there for a doctorate, four or five years, right? Right. Because from Rome, it's a lot of it is by train, really, if you think about it, or you could fly. But, and in those days, it was cheap compared to what you could do now. Like I told you about my Tunisia trip for eight days, three meals a day, airfare, uh, 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 the resort on the Mediterranean was 300 and I think whatever it was, $80 in total. <laughs> wow. Could you imagine? I can't buy a pair of shoes for that <laughs> nowadays if the shoes are going to last. <laughs> so, but I had no inclination to do that. Mm-hmm. So I only went to four countries in five years. Huh. And people say, well, you missed an opportunity. I guess so, I suppose. But in the beatific vision, all that will come to us anyway. We'll, I mean, I don't see it as a tremendous loss, I suppose. But so, so my natural inclination is not to do that. It's, it's more like a, a simpler home-based kind of life. Yes. And as a pastor, it fit perfectly for me because that's exactly what a pastor is. Your home is your parish. The rectory is the place where you reside. It's kind of like your surrogate home. And you just spend your time there with your people and do the things. So I loved it. Anyway. But then coming back from Rome, I, my entire ministry exploded. Traveling everywhere. It talks of, in a whole slew of places. Yeah. Obligations and duties of the USCCB. I mean, it just exploded. And now that I'm growing a bit older, and now we're recalibrating, I find myself gravitating personally back to the routine I had in Rome. Hmm. That I'm, I, my deepest desire is really to just stay put. Now my home is the diocese. It's not just a church, but it's the diocese. And really to yes. be able to spend as much time as I can interacting with people who are many of them I consider my friends and at least my co-disciples, right? And foregoing all the traveling. We joked about, you know, what type of vacation. But in my heart of hearts, if I had to choose one or the other, like to go to, I don't know, Tahiti or to go to, I don't know, somewhere else, I would, I would choose to stay home. So it's almost like the circle has gone totally around again. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It, uh, it's the same thing with family. So when I was in Rome, ironically, it was the first extended time I spent away from my nuclear family. Right? Mm-hmm. So it was five years. And it was the closest I was to my family. Isn't that funny? Like when I think back... Yeah, because I guess you could take things for granted and people for granted when you're with them all the time, right? And only when you're separated do you actually appreciate them. Yeah. So the deeper reflections I had on the importance of my mother and my father in my own life, my relationship with my sister, it, it, it happened when I was in Rome, precisely because I wasn't with them. Hmm. 
so what happens? Right? I come back. Explosion, everything going on, all this other stuff. And I still love my family, and I always did. And I took care of my mother when she was dying, my father, you know. But, but because of the busyness of life, it's, it's, you don't always necessarily, even in my prayer, reflected on what I knew so clearly in Rome. And now that I'm growing older, I can. And I guess I'm equally busy. In some ways, I'm even more busy. But my busyness is, has a different direction. So in a sense, like the time I've spent this summer on vacation was with my family, basically. It's like we've come full circle again, which I find to be a great blessing in my life. It's almost like my mother used to say, as a child, they care for you. As an old person, they care for you. And the middle part is the adventure. Huh. <laughs> and yeah, and, and and I'm not old. Objectively, I'm not old. But, yeah, I, can, right. I, but I can understand how your world change, begins to shift the older you become. Yeah. Um. My hope is to be able to go back to Rome relatively soon, if for no other reason, to buy new miters, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but for all the times I, it's, again, it's, it's fascinating. All the places I've been stationed, like assigned as a priest in, in Brooklyn, and now, of course, living in the diocese as the bishop, both in Trumbull and Stanford, and the house in Brooklyn, that's the family house. Every time I go back to any of those places, it feels like putting on a glove that fits perfectly. Hmm. Even though for some places, it's been years and years since I've been there. Like St. Dominic's, yeah. I went to visit St. Dominic's. Uh, the current pastor, who's now retired, uh, renovated St. Dominic's. So it, it looks very different from when I was pastor there. And yet just okay. walking the street, just standing on the street corner, felt like I was home. Yeah. No different than when I finished vacation time and the, the early morning, 4.30 a.m., I throw everything in my car and drive back to Stanford. As soon as I enter into Stanford, when I got, parked the car in seminary there, it's like it's home. Or go back to Trumbull. Yeah where I had the family right. this past week. It's like it's home. It's, it's like I, I acclimate to home very easily. But once I acclimate, then you don't forget it. And I guess other people have that same experience. I don't know if you do, but it's the passage of time doesn't take away that rootedness. Yes. So when I go back to yes. Rome, every time I land to Fiumicino, it's like I'm home. It's like, all right, <laughs> now what are we doing here? Like, it's yeah. not like um, I, I don't right. feel foreign to it. Right. Uh, and there must be people who do that to you too, besides your family, yes. Uh, oh, yes. obviously. Yes. Yes. Yeah, with the passive. Some of the guys that you were in Rome with Absolutely. when you were studying, yep. maybe? Or? Oh, or oh, oh, my classmates here. Or, yeah. It's as if no, when you meet someone and you interact as if no time has passed in between, yeah. that's, that, that's the experience I think you're referring to. Yes, I have it. You have it. Please, God, everyone has, has some people in their life where they have that. Okay, so now let me ask you a question. I've said this before. So what's your favorite weather? 
What's my favorite weather? Uh, I think we both share the uh, the favorite season of the year, which is the fall. Yes. And for me, it's because it's still beautiful. The weather's still beautiful, but it's not so hot. Right. And um, and soccer season. Ah, <laughs> uh, do we always go back? Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but what's your favorite weather? Not season. Um. So I like. Uh, I, I mean, when I picture a perfect day, it's sunny and seventy-five and no humidity. Oh yeah. That's the, that's my runner-up. Okay, so what's your my what's favorite the, the day is a day that is cool and rainy. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, for those who are psychologists listening to this, they say this guy is out of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> he needs. No, I think I sense a, a tie to what you were just talking about, though, Excellency. Of course. of course, yeah, because in the end. When it's cool and rainy, it usually is the fall. Mm -hmm. It actually helped me to make Rome home in 45 days. Because when I arrived in Rome, it, it there were two sunny, beautiful days, and then it began to rain. And it rained from the beginning of October to the week before de- Thanksgiving. It rained every day. And the quiet of the city, the, the coolness of the temperature, the reflectiveness of the rain, for some reason, made it, for, in my mind, feel home. Because mm-hmm. I would go back to the casa, and it was refuge from the rain. It caused a lot of the guys to stay in-house, so we got to know each other quicker than people yes. going to the four winds, right? It's in my mind it is I've always associated a coziness to rain. Yeah. I'm not talking deluge now. I'm not talking huge flood. I'm talking like rain. Right. And and when it's cool, it's it's hot coffee time, it's hot tea time, it's hot cocoa time, it's you know, I just a good book and and that so We've not had that, and that maybe this is part of climate change, maybe this is just my imagination, but we haven't had long periods of rain that has not been either a huge deluge, right, right. or yep. just intermittent. Like, when was the last day yeah. we had just a steady, calm rain for the whole day? Do you remember? No, no. No, I, but as a boy, I remember. I do. And I remember in Rome, I would hang out the window and watch people going by, right, in the rain. So I think maybe I should yeah. live in London. That's really when I retire. I should go to London. <laughs> there. <laughs> or, or like Seattle or something. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you know what's funny, Excellency? Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I just thought of this as you were talking, but uh, rain is actually happy. It's so often associated with sadness, but... Just like if when you park the car with somebody and then you run into a building <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's raining, mm-hmm. like aren't you always laughing when you get into the mm-hmm. into the building? Mm-hmm. If you have the right temperament. But you don't do that in the sun. <laughs> no. Well, it, it, it's also archetypal. Now, I'm going out on the limb here. I'm neither trained nor professional. I'm just speaking from my own human experience. And I'm venturing perhaps in a place where I should not go. 
because this is the realm of psychologists, but it's archetypal, meaning that the experience of rain, of the washing and cleansing, of the water, is very primordially human. See, hmm. it's the intuition of baptism. It's the intuition of being washed clean. Right? It's, it's the intuition of the holy water we use and the blessing of the water and why we're being sprinkled with water. So in other words, I go up and down the aisles with holy water in the Easter season. I am literally showering people. It's holy rain. Right? Because it speaks so deeply and so profoundly. It is the prime yes. element for life is water. Without water, if water, if earth yeah. had no water, then the life that we have would not exist because it could not be sustained. So that's why it precedes the creation yes. of humanity, is the creation of water. So maybe that's what I'm trying to struggle to express in some sort of way, that I sense something deeply connected. And maybe it's also religious, right? Hmm. Because when you have a steady rain, you go out, everything smells fresh, everything smells clean, everything is clean, everything seems new, everything seems reborn, everything seems Christian, if I could say that. Huh. Huh. <laughs> right? As the as the yeah. context, the canvas for Christian life. Yeah. And what goes on in the house, then in home with family and friends is ultimately the heart of Christian faith. So it's like the canvas is the rain and the element, that the, the substance is what goes on. You know, if there's a family that is, you know, healthy and healed and faithful, then it's the paint against the canvas is what goes on in that coziness. Mm. It's something very beautiful. Yes. And so you don't have to travel to Caracas to have that. You could have it here. <laughs> Right. And then watch every travel agent yep. is going to say, stop already with the travel line. <laughs> <laughs> it's still good to travel. Oh, but, of course it is. Yeah, of no, course, I... <laughs> especially if you're young, especially if, you, if you're adventurous. Absolutely. Because you, you appreciate the beauty and diversity of humanity and, and all, because we're all one family. We're all sisters and brothers made in the divine image. It's, it's part of the beauty of, of, of creation. But you don't have to use vacation or travel to experience things as if you could only experience them by traveling you can experience them here right now yeah. too right okay yes. that was memory lane right oh that was that was cool let's take one more break and we'll be back with a listener question excellency this is let me be frank on the veritas catholic network be right back hey it's Matt from Restless on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Each week on Restless, we young adults restlessly seek the face of Christ in today's crazy and mixed up world. Join us each Friday at noon on 1350 AM, 103.9 FM, the Veritas app, or wherever you get your shows. Hope to see you there. Okay, welcome back to Let Me Be Frank with Bishop Frank Caggiano. All right, Excellency, here is this week's listener question. Mm -hmm. It says, Dear Bishop, a few years ago at a Sunday homily, the priest said that when we go to heaven, we will be 33 years old. Do you have any comments about this statement? It sounds good to me since I'm 73 now and the body is slowing, causing medical issues. 
Well, there's nowhere in the in the doctrine of the faith that says that. I think that was maybe an illustration, maybe tying it to the Lord Jesus who would live to be 33 years in his earthly life. But I think there's three things I want to point out. Number one, heaven is not a place, but a state of existence. Number two, there is no time in heaven. So even if we were theoretically 33, it wouldn't really mean much, right, in the existence of forever. But number three, I think if the idea is that this priest was trying to convey that at 33 you may be at your prime, that you'll be at your best, then that is fundamentally true. That mm. in the recreated life we have, body, soul, and spirit, it will be it will be ourselves at our most excellent because that is what love does, heals us to our perfection. So, thirty three. Uh, I I think the point behind it is more important than the number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if you have a question for Bishop Frank, send it in on social media. Or you can email questions at veritascatholic.com. Bishop Frank Caggiano is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So is Veritas Catholic Network. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Foundations in Faith. It's a grant from the St. Therese Fund for Evangelization that makes it possible for us to bring Let Me Be Frank to you. Foundations in Faith is committed to supporting and transforming pastoral ministries in the Diocese of Bridgeport. And you can learn more about their outstanding work at foundationsinfaith.org. What a conversation, Excellency. We went from <laughs> we went from uh, World Youth Day to uh, to hot cocoa in the rain. I love it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and we we started with grand theft. Uh, I guess grand larceny. Grand theft auto, yeah, grand larceny. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I'm going, to, I'm going <laughs> oh, on gosh. eBay to see if any of these items are on eBay. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> God, really, let's pray for this young man. That's all. Yes. Pray for yes. Him. Yes, would you give us all your blessing, Excellency? In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, Steve, enjoy the week. Amen. Thanks, Excellency. 